Leancast, product innovation and UX design with Bonanza Design. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? I hope you have been a good day so far. So just to introduce myself a bit, who am I and why you should be listening to you, to me and not spending your time watching your next favorite um, TV show on Netflix. I studied design thinking and innovation in 2010 to 2012 in Sweden, up north. We did not have any course book. We only had projects per semester. I run a design and innovation studio based in Berlin called Bonanza Design. I've been in the game of innovation, developing digital application services for a good 13 years. I've been working with big, small um, companies. I grew up in the startup scene. I, that's what my whole career was. And basically, I grew up with agile mentality. I work under agile methodologies. So I have this agile mindset too, um, a lean mindset to developing new products. Hence, we offer one of, um, some of the most competitive packages on lean innovation and app design. We are fast, we deliver, and what most of our processes are very like factory line, so to speak. We have clear processes that we know that for every part of the process, we would do we would need to do certain um, activities, and these activities are clear and panned out. So that's who I am. That's what I do. So let's jump right into it. And uh, we primarily focus on two topics: innovation and lean innovation. Two different things. We focus on lean innovation. Let's talk about innovation. I, I want to start something new. What is innovation? So we have two types of innovation. Innovation is about introducing something new. Incremental innovation is about improvements, slight improvements of current practices, current technologies, designs, what have you. Radical, a leapfrog from current archetypes to new patterns of looking at things, basically. For radical innovation, you require mindset, mind, a mindset shift. It's like um, phones before the first iPhone and iPhone, completely a new way of look, looking at things. Why do we innovate? To guarantee the survival of humanity. Does this make sense to you? That's what we are doing. That's why innovation is so important. It's, it's about life and death for humans, innovation. Why? This is what we are dealing with. We lack resources. We don't have enough resources. Soon, not now, but in the next 30, 40 years with this world population boom. So we have science is fantastic for us. Now people live till age of, age of 80, 90, 100. We have a crisis in um in germany in um in elderly care lack of massive massive shortage of massive nurses population growing people live uh, longer uh, it's completely changing the landscape 
we don't have any other choice than innovate, especially in the time of technology acceleration that we are experiencing at this point without constant innovation. It's not about making life better and easier. It's about surviving. It's about making sure our kids and kids of kids experience the same life that we are experiencing, right? That's how I see innovation. That's how important innovation is. That's the role of innovate. That's, that's why we need more of you, my friends, to take up more daring challenges. We have a crisis of food crisis. I don't know if you know that. Um, the quality of our foods are degrading to a mass, ma massive, massive degree. Like you look at every angle and the vertical, there is a problem. And we need people to fix it. So basically, for me, if someone say, why do we innovate? It's like, if I manage to experience this amazing life, this amazing experience, I'm so lucky. The odds of me being here was so few, like epsilon. I need to make sure that the new generations would get the same chance. So that's my responsibility too. And that's why I like entrepreneurship and I like to see myself as a process innovator. So innovation comes in different forms, right? We talk about incremental innovation and radical innovation. Um, if you want to look at how innovation happens is that usually um, in innovation is similar to the way uh, evolution works. You know, both nature and humans design. What's the difference between the way nature design and the way human design? How do you differentiate these two? Because nature design, I don't know if you know that, nature design, nature is a great designer. What's the element that is that, in, that nature has that the human doesn't have? The difference between the way human design and nature design is time, my friends. Time is a great burden of humanity. That's our biggest misery. We die sometime. We, if you are lucky, I hope you get lucky, you get to live 150 years. And then after that, you need to say goodbye to this world. But nature has all the time. Millions of years. That's why the things that we experience in nature seems magical to us. If you really focus and pay attention and be conscious about it. Time. We don't have enough time. And nature, the way evolution happens in nature is very incremental. Incremental changes over a long period of time happens. Incremental changes inch by inch. The accumulation of many incremental innovation lead to a radical innovation. Does it make sense? The accumulation of many incremental innovation leads to a radical innovation. That's how nature works. That's how innovation in its core works. A radical innovation, although it may come out breakthrough overnight, but it's the result of, of many, many incremental innovation at works in the past thousands of years or past some years in the human scale clear 
So that's what we think about incremental innovation versus radical innovation. So, and then that's the biggest problem with, that's the wrong notions that some companies have. And that is, there is no secret sauce for innovation, no magic formula. So if you want to really win at innovation and be an innovative company, you have to train yourself to win many small wins. Incremental innovation requires a scalable, iterative process. So there is no secret sauce for innovation, no magic formula. If you think that if you're looking for a Steve Jobs type person to come and solve all of your problems, or if you're looking to hire an innovation guru on LinkedIn to come here and like say, you, you need this, you are mistaken. Um, innovation is all about incremental innovation. There is no such thing as radical innovation. You need to win many small wins, many incremental innovations to happen, to arrive at the point that you see that your current position is radically changed from your previous position. And to be able to have many small wins, you need to rely on a process that is scalable enough and iterative and allows you to go through the work of innovation iteratively. And that's why if you, I see myself as a process innovator, and that's what I'm selling enterprises, the process. Why we need to have a process in place, why it's so, so crucial to be a process-driven organization when you look at typical creative problem-solving processes in design thinking, you see processes like this. How, how many of you have heard about double diamonds? But what can you do with this piece of charts? You know that you have to go through a divergent process. You have to analyze, you have to synthesize. You have to do a brief. There is a point of focus again prototyping, but what can I do with this? How can I run this? That's the biggest problem with innovation. It's confusing. It's messy. It's not clear how, mu how much time we have to invest in discover. When can we move to define? What should we do in define? What kind of ideation technique we should use? What kind of research methods we have to use? How should we run surveys? What kind of questions we should choose in interviews for customer interviews? How many con interviews we have to conduct? How many iteration? How many different, um, how many batches of interviews we have to conduct? What should we do with prototyping? Should we start with low fidelity prototyping? All, all, the, all these questions actually makes the process um, is required to set up an innovation process, right? What do I mean by innovation process when I talk about innovation process? Who likes the spaghetti? A good spaghetti this evening. Let me see if I can come up with a recipe for you. What kind of spaghetti do you like? Bolognese, carbonara. So when I talk about innovation process, for me, an innovation process 
needs to be scalable, iterative, and anyone in your organization needs to be able to follow it by reading the manual. Really, really similar to a, a cauliflower spaghetti. It's really good, Chris. I had one. I was a skeptical. That was that blew my mind. Cauliflower. This is a thing. Cauliflower rice is amazing too. I had. I'm doing this keto diet, so I'm not cutting down on spaghetti and carbs. So the cauliflower is a great substitute for uh, carbs. So <laughs> it's getting it's getting tasty this webinar. So um, when I talk about process, innovation process, an innovation process needs to like resemble a, a food recipe. What you see right now, first of all, you see that how long does it take to prep it, to cook it? Is it difficult? How what's the output of it? How many people can leave like well how many stomachs can be filled based on this recipe right you get a rundown of the nutrition important you get a rundown on, of the ingredients again important because you want to go shopping like if i want to uh, make carbonara for pragya this evening and send it to her um uh, her home i need to know where what I need to go, what I need for shopping, 100 gram, 200 gram, 300 gram. So, and these are raw materials. And raw materials in innovation is, what, what are those? You have tools like user testing, interviews, surveys, prototyping, pen and paper prototyping, digital prototyping, um, interactive prototypes. Then you've got the ideation techniques like brain writing, like different ideation techniques. Um, and you got, what else you've got? How to run tests, what kind of testing you have, right? So there are different tools in your um, toolbox as an innovator, like ingredients of a, a food recipe. Then you need to have a method. You need to have a step-by-step -step process of how you can use those ingredients or tools to achieve a desirable outcome. You need to have a recipe-like, a factory line-like process for your innovation practice. Anything else is confusing, messy. So we are working with big enterprises. So and the contracts, our contracts are like around five, like 50,000 euros. So it's very high pressure, two, three months of intense sprints. When you are in the in the in the in such an environment, you have to have your your tolerance level or your room for mistake needs to be minimal. So the process itself needs not to be rediscovered or questions. So you need to have a recipe-like approach to innovation, and that's why I see myself. And I you should see yourself too. If you want to become an innovator, you need to get your process right. Then you can run an innovation agency. <laughs> you need to get your process right. Why process is important? Let me recap. Because innovation as we know it is all about incremental 
improvement, slide by slide improvements. And if you need to do something repetitively, you better have a clear process for it. So as an innovator, you need to be seeing yourself as a process innovator, as a person who master a repetitive process for innovation and creating new values. If you are into developing digital products, I really, really strongly suggest you to read this design sprint book. That's a fantastic, fantastic book. This is a really good process if you want to innovate at the future level. It's a five-day process that you make a map and choose a target, define a point of view, you sketch it, you decide, build a, a, a realistic prototype on Thursday and test it on Friday. So that was a huge, huge revolution in the way the Google worked. This process came from Google, allow many breakthrough innovation like Google Hangout or Google Meet as we know it. And the beauty, or the ad, not beauty, but the advantage of this process is, again, if you read the book, it, it's very detailed. You know what to do every day, every, for on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you have all the tips and tricks to run an innovation process. When you make the process of innovation detailed, clear, straightforward, so everyone can follow, then you can start iteratively, incrementally uh, improve your process, uh, improve your product offering, improve the solution that you have in mind. Um, so that's a, that's a secret to innovation, to be able to go through, the, through this iterative cycle of iteration and improvement with as less friction as possible. So this design sprint book, which I recommend you to read it, is great for futures, for digital applications. For digital applications that they already have some traction, they have some customers, and um, they want to continuously improve on the experience, on the user experience. This is great. But this is not enough for, for a majority of innovation, especially early stage innovation. Design sprint is not sufficient for early stage product validation. Anyone has an idea, you need to know the process first of all. But um, when you when you work on new product ideas, new service ideas, it's more complicated than innovating for a digital application that is running. There are differences. Why innovation is more difficult and riskier for new product ideas, especially when you don't have a running product and you are assigned 10 million as an innovation manager of a big enterprise and to, to work on a topic. It's a totally different game to innovate something to give birth to a new product versus improve an already existing product. I can, I can maybe elaborate a bit more on it, give more depth to it. So how does a new product come into being? 
That's an interesting question, I would say. So, for example, um, there is a change in the way we live. Like with the corona, the, the push for remote life increased. And so many companies have adopted policies. Remote work means that more people are working outside of organizations out and use different servers. And that increases the, the risk of cyber threats. So cyber threat becomes a new trend, becomes a new trend that has potential for a round of products to address this concern. But here's a but. The new social, cultural, technological trends not necessarily result in new market trends. Do you remember this Google Glass that um, got out? Uh, this, this fancy one. So it was like some years ago. It's an old one. So it was augmented reality, but long time ago. It got really hyped. A lot of money marketing technologically, very advanced, but failed in the market. No one picked it up. Why? Because there was no market trend for it. There was no potential for commercialization. There was some technological trend that they identified. Oh, we have, to, we have glasses, we have a screen, so we can make this kind of new technology, but there was no market for it. Let me tell you a story. So you know the story behind Tesla? But, uh, Elon Musk is, is a great entrepreneur, and he always validates his ideas first and foremost with market. So the Tesla, he didn't invent Tesla. He bought Tesla from another, uh, bought the brand, bought, bought this car, the technology behind T0 from another team that they were working on this in California. And then he tested, and they were working on a T0 electric car, right? But it was a completely a concept car. So it was no potential for, it wasn't production ready. There is always a difference between a concept and a production product, production-ready products. There is a lot of work goes into this to make a concept production-ready. So he wrote the car, and he was hooked. Um, he asked the founding team to commercialize it, and they were not interested, but gave him the permission. So basically, he got the technology from them. So what he did, he wasn't sure whether the market is ready for it. So what he did was like, so the, the body of this wasn't really, I think that the T0 team predominantly working on the electric engine side of things. And, um, and they didn't have a proper idea for the physical side of, for the, for the physical outside body of the car. So Musk, um, what he did was, got the engine from them and used the Lotus Roadster, it's a different brand body, and assemble a car with the engine of the T0 team and Lotus Roadster. So what happens in between was that um, when he assembled the first prototype of the car, he did something really interesting. He um, brought in people and gave them a free ride. That's interesting. He tell his network that, hey, I'm working on electric roadster cars. 
and to his, of course, rich friends and says, who's interested to give the right? At the end of the, at the end of the uh, right, he would say like, and then he would, he would ask something really interesting from the, the people who rode the car. He asked them, did you enjoy your, how was your drive? How was your experience? And they often would come back to him and say, that was amazing. And he asked something really interesting. It's like, if you gave me $5,000 deposit, I will build this for you. And he showed them a contract. Mind you, he got the engine from T-Zero team. He used Lotus Roadster body to put together this concept and ask people to drive it. And all of a sudden, he got a massive amount of deposit that gives him that signal, that confidence signal that there is a market for his product. He did the same thing for the Cybertruck too. When he announced Cybertruck, uh, in that uh, night, he said like, if you put $100 deposit, we reserve this car for you. And uh, overnight, he uh, accumulate a massive amount of de deposit in the um, around 100, uh, 100 million. And that gives him the confidence that there is a market for what he is doing. So basically what he's trying to do with it, to see that whether this new trend about sustainability and um, uh, basically carbon um, free uh, lifestyle, whether there is a market trend for it whether there is people ready to invest in these new ideas in the form of money, personal information, and time. In the lean innovation, we have a topic, we have a term called the scheme in the game. If your idea excites your target customers, they would, to the point that they would want to invest in your idea with their personal information for insurance providers a personal information of they pay between 150 to 500 euros or dollars to get the personal information of someone like me for insurance like providers personal information for certain industries are really really valuable uh, money or time so if your idea, your early stage product idea is exciting for people, they want to invest on it. And their investment would be either in the form of money, personal information, or time. And that's what is called skin the game. So Elon Musk, throughout his early stage product idea validation, always try to see whether people are going to put their skin in the game, the game that he wants to play. Electric cars, new electric cars. And that's a game of lean innovation. Lean innovation is about proving that this link exists. And that's what we do. What, what is lean innovation? What is lean? We want to get validation is a skin in the game. Great, great, great question. Lean innovation comes from um, it comes in Toyota factories. 
there's a massive term. This is there's a dark book around this. Uh, Toyota factory lines in the in the in the 80s. So they revamped the, these Toyota factory lines, um, and that sort of like gave birth to the topic of lean, to the term of lean. So they were like, we have these like crazy crowded factory lines. It's very messy. How can we reduce reduce waste in this process so we can so this is the um these are the inputs raw material and this is a product that the customer loves let's say the car right here's my car they say like how can we reduce waste in this process what can we do what can we reduce so we can iterate more on this and we can focus more on the quality of the finished product so based on this mentality they reduce and lightened their factory line process by a lot and that sort of sort of like created a new revolutionary term in in um in process innovation called lean innovation lean process right so lean basically Lean means less waste. That's what it's that's what it means. So in the context of lean innovation is like how can what's the cheapest way? So what's the cheapest way? That's a one million dollar question. What's the cheapest way to get to product validation? How can we? That's basically the one million dollar question that lean innovation try to answer. Right. Out of many possibilities, what can we do? How can we cheap as cheaply as possible test our product ideas? That's that's a one million dollar question. And like three months to test a new product idea. To me, that's a lot of waste. Exactly two months of waste. When I said innovation is about process, process, and process. Lean innovation is about improving that process to its detailed so you can go through the process of validation or getting the, the customer skin of the game skin in the game as soon as possible as soon as possible when Bonanza design lean innovation process lasts about four weeks except the onboarding it takes about four weeks we go from having an idea to test it in the market and get a, a, a form of validation how do we get the validation how do we report the performance of the experiments we valid we report so we run different experiments so we report back on experiment in the in the term of how much impression clicks, how much uh, clicks is happening, calls, and we run multiple different experiments. Um, we launch LinkedIn posts, LinkedIn ads, organic versus paid, landing pages, fake doors. What are these? The typical tests are you have fake door tests for running application. So for example, you want to check a language switcher functionality and you want to see whether people click on it 
you can like have a placeholder and when they click, you can show them this overlay that, hey, sorry, we're just testing this functionality. As soon as it's live, we show it to you. Uh, Wizard of O's, this is another typical one, is like, okay, if you want to um, create an automatic ticketing system, it takes a lot of time to prototype. So you cannot really um, test and validate the impacted or you cannot test the experience, you cannot validate the experience. What can you do? You can fake it. You can mimic that experience. It's another typical experience we run. We have we have concierge service. This is fantastic for service service um, ideas uh, that needs to be um, that you want to run scale a service uh, offering in the beginning um, before you automatize it as much as possible. You need to you need to test the service itself so you can actually instead of the automation you can pick up the phone and talk to people so you can run that service yourself you have a problem with scale but you can understand whether that service has validation and then a typical one that we use a lot is fake landing pages especially for new products that hasn't seen the light a new product category and a new insurance provider wants to test a new product category, they reach out to us and we launch different campaigns, right? So basically, um, th that's how we report back on experiments in the, in the, it's very, our process is very quantifiable. And, and what you get is basically a set of met metrics of data based on this, you can experiment. You can, you can compare the results of the experiments and make a decision for yourself. And guess what, when you, when you look at different experience, so these are basically, these are different experiments that we run. Um, when you have this view in front of you, decision-making is so easy because you basically have to compare the data and based on this comparison, you can make a decision. And this is our process. We have a four-week iterative process. We go through a research and second week, we define hypotheses, design experiments, and then um, we run the experiment for a week. In the week four, or we, in the week four, we run the experiments, fetch market data, and then um, in um, in week five or week five, we look into data, generate insights, and for certain um, experiments or product ideas that has an interface component to it, we run some usability testing on on the last week too. So this is basically that's what we do and it's a very systematic process we have like we know in each week what we have to do in its detail like and uh, what kind of research we conduct how many surveys what kind of surveys who can we uh, how can we recruit all all these details that really makes breaks it for innovation process we have it like um like a uh, like a spaghetti recipe that i showed to you Cool. So basically, lean innovation is about reducing waste. And I believe, I believe you me, when I tell you waste, I've worked with a lot of big enterprises. The processes is wastely confused. It just takes a many, 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 many um, back and forth, long, long conversations. Things get lost in email threads. Uh, a lot of initiatives are on hold because no one dares to um, tackle the brainstorming workshops. No one knows why they should be 
attending to. So a lot of confusion. So what we come here and say like, hey, we have a process, it's straightforward. In four weeks, we can test up to 10 different product ideas for you. They're like, are you crazy? How is that possible? And in the first sprint, so we often like, we don't work only in, so this is, if you go through this process, we call it one sprint. And we usually work in several sprints with the company. Because this one sprint is always, the first sprint is all about, about getting to know each other and ramping up. And then in the second and third sprints, we get really good. And yeah, so in the, in the second or third uh, sprints, we can run up to 10 experiments. Um, uh, in the first sprint, we usually run around five experiments. Um, so that's it. Uh, that's what I mean by innovation as a process. Lean innovation, a waste-less innovation practice that you can use to go and address the challenges of, of your market, whether there is a market trend. So um, at this point, we know at this point, we know that whether uh, the, the experiment that you're running has potential. There is, um, when you, and when you're trying to launch a product to a new market, you need to work with data. And you need to fetch data that you can really work with. We, our innovation team is a two, well, I mean, depend, is, is, between two to three people. So we are two people uh, typically from our team and three people, up to five people from their team. So overall, we are a team between five to seven people. For how long? We, we limit it to one week. Uh, we, are, we have a one week, so we spend one week in research, one week in uh, designing experiment, one week in running them, and one week in fetching the data, defining next step, and or doing some usability testing on the uh, MVP concept. So it's one week, one week, one week. How do we research opportunity? Through different techniques. You all know, you all know the techniques. Uh, user research, like interviews, shadowing, surveys, um, scientific papers, expert interviews that's what we use um but the game here is how can you limit your research to one week and that's a game because everyone can research if they have indefinite amount of time but for us is how can we research research and get enough and in the inputs and the ground that we need within a week that's a challenge um, you can design um, a design enterprise always come with self-imposed limitation. So if you are running a new project, you have to place self-imposed limitations. Without limitation, you are not designing. You are free-floating. And we don't have time. Human time is limited. So you have to impose um, constraints. That's how we impose constraints on our, on our process. So um, can you use MDP experiments to measure how big the need or the market is for your idea? Absolutely. MVP experiment. All these things that I told you, I don't know what's your definition of MVP. 
fake door test, wizard of O's, concierge service, fake landing page. These are all MVPs. That's the definition of MVP experiments for me. So, um, and you use this to see how big the market is, especially, especially if you're running, if you're testing for early stage products. How do we do that? We have partners. We have, you know, that's for us recruiting. It, for you, it might be, it might take three weeks, but for us, it would take one week maximum. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much what I wanted to discuss. Uh, I'm out. Have a lovely evening. Ciao.